when it comes down to it, events are really about being great about connecting with people. And those same skills translate elsewhere, right? So take the skill sets, find out where they might be used in a different area, and then be okay with the fact that you're going to have some long nights. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. All right, man. So, moment. give a little bit of intro about yourself, what you do, what's going on. And as, uh, as you're doing that, everybody just uh, jump in. Uh, please share your name and where you're from. So, uh, Muhammad, get started with you. Sure. Sure. So I'm the EVP of marketing at Perk. We are a company, SaaS company that builds shopping assistance for apartment, auto and furniture industries, helping them drive conversion and connect all the kind of disparate conversion tools they have on their website in a sort of a concise hub. And also co-host, co-founder of Agile Marketing Podcast as well. So good morning. I'm here and probably like many of you just crawled out of bed about five minutes ago. So. (laughs) There we go. And just for the Rocky music, did that throw you off? You're like, wait a minute, I have to really wake up. Oh, man. I was like, whoa. (laughs) Good replacement for the coffee. (laughs) That is awesome, man. All right. So we got uh, Erica, uh, who's from North Carolina. Erica, good to to have you. Uh, Jenny, good to see you. Uh, Steve uh, from Marietta. Uh, Justin, you know Justin. Uh, He's the one. Uh, who said, hey, you got to talk to this guy. Like, I'm like, I can't know this guy. guy. So let's talk about you. Like one, um, so how, how are things going at your organization? How are you guys uh, thinking about this whole situation? And I know some of the things that you and your team is focused on is around pivoting those sort of things. So just walk through the emotions of getting to it and where are you now? Well, um, like many of you out there, about five weeks ago, we went uh, full on remote. And that was, I think, quite a bit big change for us. We were... I would say semi-remote. We had a lot of the technology we needed to be remote, um, but we had traditionally been an on-site, in-the-building type of team, except for a few salespeople that were more regional-based. Yeah. Um, and then over the course of you know 24 hours, we went and packed up our monitors and jumped in the car and went home and haven't been back for five weeks. And uh, it was really about how do you as a marketing team transition from maybe someone might be working from home today because they really need to get something done yeah. right? versus having the entire team working remotely, doing stand-ups in the morning, 100% remote, trying to figure out how do you do a, a good retro remotely. And then also, how do you keep up with an organization that suddenly has to pivot to keep up with its customers who, you know, the industries I mentioned, they're all closed now, mm. right? They're also all trying to figure out how do I uh, rent an apartment when I can't go into the complex? How do I, you know, sell a car when I have to maintain social distancing and do drive, you know, uh, test drives? Uh, so we had to build some new products for them very, very fast, which meant marketing happened to keep up with that, both from a product uh, enablement side, but also from a marketing and demand gen perspective. So give, give us an example of that. Uh, so for example, we, we, we had um, uh, Andy, who was the CMO of Snack Nation last week, um, he, I mean, their whole business was based on sending snacks to physical yeah. business locations and 95% of their business, if not more, was on that. 
And they have to quickly pivot and figure out, all right, how do you do this B2C thing? We don't have addresses for these people. So they changed their website, website handle, all that stuff. Like we had Megan Eisenberg from um, TripActions on it. Their Their whole business is about travel. What do you do? There is no travel. So I'm getting inspired hearing how quickly marketing taking a big role in the organizations to help the organization pivot from messaging to product enablement to just new way of empathy with your customers. So I'm very curious, as detailed as you could, just share some of the cycles and things that you have to wrestle with and how you kind of help your organization make those decisions and changes. Absolutely. So first thing was panic. Right. And this probably started ensuing a week and a half, two weeks, maybe even three weeks before this all happened. Um, because like many people in the SaaS space, uh, we had a pretty robust uh, events program. Right. Uh, events was about 53 percent of our um, you know, resource allocation from a marketing department perspective. That's, you know, regional things, trade shows, field events, pretty much everything event related with the other uh, channels kind of backing it up. Right. And, you know, we started getting cancellations and realizing, oh, my goodness, we have a enormous portion of our potential future pipeline that's disappearing because we don't know when this is going to open back up. You know, so I think the first thing was really about saying, okay, this is the new reality. What are we going to do about it? You know, accept it, move forward, look at the trends that were happening and seeing that website traffic was starting to spike as people went home. They were starting to search for solutions. Right. So you lean more into that website inbound side. You lean more into display advertising, you lead more into your social program, you know, you lead more into making sure as you start making really hard budget decisions, that you don't cut things like your, you know, your SEO uh, vendors or SEO team, because they're incredibly important right now. And they're not something that you're going to see an immediate, you know, maybe return on today. Yeah, we don't know how long this is going to last. And that is one of those maybe long term plays that you want to make sure you're consistently on top of the maintenance of so you don't run into a situation where that where that crashes. And then from a product perspective, it was taking all those resources that had been put towards events and maybe reallocating in different areas. So event managers working on the content now. Event manager took over social media and we kind of uh, took a hiatus with our with our vendors that were helping with some of those content assistant pieces. And honestly, she's been doing a great job because when it comes down to it, events are really about being great about connecting with people. And those same skills translate elsewhere, right? So take the skill sets, find out where they might be used in a different area, and then be okay with the fact that you're going to have some long nights. I mean, we went from in that first week realizing that we needed to do some sort of solution for virtual tours and enabling them for our, for our, our customers. And over the course of six days, went from product idea to product development, the coding, the messaging, the training enablement, rolling it out to the sales and CS teams and training them and launching a multi-channel campaign to kind of get that out in the marketplace. And you don't do that work in normal hours. You do that with, you know, 10, 12, 14 hour days where people are just on live chats forever. (laughs) Are you you finding yourself and your team working longer and harder now more than ever? I think that we found ourselves working longer and harder in the first three weeks, uh, we have finally, I think in the last week, gotten back down to a, you know, a semi uh, decent place, which for us is uh, about 125 to 130% of capacity, which, 
you know, we consider capacity a full 40 hour work week. We're probably at 125 ish percent of that for the team uh, right now, which is where we comfortably live, I'd say, you know, so you have some late nights, you have some early mornings, but it's not every day. And maybe you actually take a break over the weekend. Yeah, that's I love that. I was on a call um, on Friday with the um, with the, with folks from a, a company where they actually went to six hours. Wow! And, and I was I was a bit surprised to first take that, and they're like, "Look, our organization just realized that with kids, with um, all the family that you have, you you're in front of the computer all the time. With just the fact that if both parents are working, uh, and and all those things, they're just like." People are just working, getting burnt out yeah. uh, at yep. this point. And they realized that they had to do something about it. And they actually went back to, went down to like, you know, for the next two weeks or three weeks, I think it's indefinite. Uh, we're going to go to six hours. That's and obviously the organization has to like really adapt to it. I mean, they're making money. They actually broke, um, yeah, hit, hit their numbers and all that stuff. But they're like, they're going to six hours. And I'm just wondering about the mindset like give a size of your team, size of your team, the different yep. skills that you want a team and how are you helping with the mindset of, of, of your team? Yeah, so I, uh, I tend to run with a, a smaller team um, of people who own what they do, right? So they're kind of program owners of sorts. So I have seven people, you know, someone for content and brand, someone for demand gen, someone for design, someone for events, someone for sales and, and CS enablement. And you kind of, you know, all the roles are kind of laid out like that. And then they have vendors up underneath them to uh, scale up or down as needed, right? And I think the mindset for us wasn't maybe necessarily, at least not in the beginning, cut hours. It was be flexible with when those hours need to be or are or, or done, right? Uh, right. It's not necessarily that, you know, you need to be at your computer at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m., right? And that you need to, you know, end right at 8. Because honestly, I mean, what is time anymore at this point, right? Uh, who even knows what, what day it is. What day of the week is this? Like, is it Monday? I don't know. And it's more about, you know, finding those pockets of time and in the day where you know you're going to be productive and also allowing yourself those pockets of the day where maybe you want to go outside and you want to take a walk or you want to, you know, spend some time with your family or, you know, watch some TV. I had no idea there were so many judge shows on in the middle of the day. <laughs> Really, they're having a record amount of viewership right now. For, right, for exactly, exactly. So yeah. just understanding that, and then making sure that I think as a as a organizational leader and as an individual, maybe program owner or contributor, that you have a good way of tracking what work you need to get done, and then getting that work done, and and making sure you're tracking towards that. So we've been very diligent about continuing. Uh, you know, we, we run an agile shop for, for our marketing department. Very diligent about continuing morning standups, continuing retros, continuing sprint planning, um, because it allows us the framework to be uh, nimble like that, right? Where we can say, all right, well, I can take a break for two hours or three hours because everyone knows what I'm doing and everyone knows that I'm doing it. And I can very easily show that to everyone, right? And also I can keep myself on track. When I wander back to my desk in three hours, I'll know what I need to get done. I love that, man. So we have uh, Raul from Brazil, Chad, um, and Wakedi. Uh, Ready and Nidish. Hey guys, and we have folks from UK. We got Jen. Happy Monday. Give a shout out if you are actually practicing agile marketing, because that's what we're going to jump into. You shared something we talked last time is how 
the timing, the amount of sprints, the timing between the sprints, all those things. So just give a thumbs up or like if you're practicing Agile or if you have a question, just drop it in the note and, and, and we will really love to jump into it. So sure. for people, you run an Agile marketing podcast. So you, this is kind of your jam. It is. What does that mean? Give a high level view for everybody. And how has that changed given the current work schedules? So at a very high level, we're talking agile. Really, it is just the process of um, setting some sort of time box, right? So for us, we usually ran what we call two-week sprints, right? So we planned at the beginning for what we're going to do for the next two weeks, said what we were going to do, did what we were going to do, reported on what we did, right? It's like a, it's like a school paper, right? Um, but wait, then, wait, wait, wait. How many people actually do what you just said? You're saying you do you, you set something so that the team knows what they need to do, then they go and do it, and then they report back and say, I guess this is actually mind-blowing for people because that doesn't happen every day. But keep going. Well, you know, and that's why we moved to Agile maybe three, four years ago as well, was because you know, I was really tired of um, you know, that scenario inside of an organization where maybe a lot of people don't know what's going on uh, with the marketing team. It's all yeah. oh, those guys are over there playing on Facebook, right? And well, yeah, we are on Facebook, but you know, we're working there, right? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get you some leads. And I'm also, you know, I have kind of a, a, an operations background as well. So it kind of just made sense to me, made sense to my team. It made sense to a lot of what I would call process-minded or operation-minded marketers and creatives, right? who want to develop a system to how they do their work. And it just creates more transparency inside the team and also across the organization as well. That report of what we're going to do, not only is circulated inside of our team, but we circulate that across every manager in the organization at the beginning of a sprint, right? So everyone knows this is what we're working on. Uh, we also do capacity planning. So another big portion of Agile is not only do you take a big task, break it up into smaller pieces, but then each one of those pieces, you put a, an estimate of effort on it, right? So we call those points. And those aren't necessarily tied exactly to time. We're loosely tied to time, but it just shows this is how much effort it's going to take to get this thing done. And then we track that against how much capacity we have as a team in the sprint. So, you know, we run for our team maybe around 85 to 90 points of capacity in a sprint. And then we run, you know, on a, on a slow week, probably around 100-ish points of actual or a sprint, about 100 points of actual work, right? So we're at 125-ish, 120% capacity. And that means some long nights, some early mornings here and there. But overall, people are feeling pretty good about their, about their work. So that in a nutshell is really what Agile is about. You know, you have time boxes, you split things into small tasks, you put an estimate of effort on each one of those tasks, uh, and then you get the work done and you report back and you do a, a retrospective religiously at the end of every sprint to say what worked for me, what didn't work, and what can we, you know, how are we going to make some changes in relation to that? So that's agile. We were running for two on two week sprints for the past several years. Right. So we plan on Friday afternoon. Yeah. We do the work. We wrap it up on a Thursday, two weeks down the road, and then we start again on the Friday again. That stopped working for us in the middle of this. Right. I think just like a lot of uh, a lot of everything else blew up, it was too. And this is going to sound insane to even say. I wouldn't have believed I'd say this six weeks ago. It was too slow for the business uh, and for what the business needed. Because in reality, a week into the sprint, we were finding that everything was changing, and what was needed to survive was different than what was needed a week ago. And we yeah. were pivoting. But it also caused what we call volatility in the sprint. It caused a situation where we had to up in the sprint, 
delete a bunch of stuff or push it out or kill it uh, or pause it and then reload it with new stuff on that Monday morning or Friday afternoon. Uh, and we decided we were going to go to one week sprints, which is something we had tried before and it was a disaster. But we're here now. We just finished yeah. our one week sprint on Friday. And uh, so this is like perfect time to talk about it. <laughs> so how, how, does, how does everybody feel about that of going from two weeks to one week? Was there a resistance to it or it was like, thank God. And you, you got to tell what you got in, in your hand too. So this is, this is interesting. We, we talked in, in the retro about this as a team. And I think we agreed that it felt like running at full speed while leaning forward. Right. Running at full speed while leaning forward. It was you felt like you were going to fall on your face at any moment. It was uh, the, the pace of it was was crazy, which caused some anxiety and also some excitement, quite honestly, for some of us. But on the flip side, there was an immense clarity of exactly what needed to get done. Right. We on Monday morning published to the organization these are the things that we are going to deliver to you this week, mm. right? We didn't talk about the things we're going to work for that we're going to deliver to you next week or a month from now. This is what you're getting from us this week that'll help you get your job done, period, yeah. right? Is that for the entire organization or just marketing and sales? Like, how does that work? So this was inside of our department. Uh, a lot of the other departments work on Agile as well. You know, product, for example, they're, yeah. they're famous for using that. Um, but this was for our listing. You know, and, and as marketers, you know, our customers are, are sales, client success, product, right? So it was, these are things we're going to give you by Friday, mm. right? And we broke it out by days. Monday, you're getting this. Tuesday, you're getting this. Wednesday, you're getting this. Thursday, you're getting this. And what it allowed us to do when we realized on Monday afternoon and then a couple of times in the middle of the week, holy shit, there's a bunch of stuff in this sprint that I, I don't know how to manage this. Like we, we started actually at 280% capacity. It allows us to very deliberately and quickly sit down and say, this I don't need to do because it's not due this week. It's not even supposed to be delivered to the person until the 30th of the month. We got two weeks to get this done. Do it next week. Do it a week and a half from now and just be very diligent about uh, resource management and time allocation and what we were and we're not going to do based on priorities. Right. So that was great. And, and we're giving it we're giving it one more try. We're going to try it again this week. Uh, and then we'll make a final decision on whether or not we keep up with it or not, or whether or not the business needs it or not. I love that. And so this is uh, Robert, um, who is the senior VP of marketing. He's like running at full speed while running for, uh, leaning forward is, is really a North Campus. So that actually, that is a really, really good phrase. Talk to me about your tech stack. And has that changed? Has that evolved? Has that, because what I'm hearing all the time is like, everybody's looking at the tech stack and it's not just marketing. Actually, this yeah. CFO and CEO is saying, hey, what are you spending all this money? Like, what, what are you doing for? How are you having these conversations? What's your advice for people? Well, if a vendor can't flat out point out to exactly how they're impacting demand today, they're gone, period. And those are the decisions I've really had to make over the last uh, you know, two, three weeks as we get really diligent about, about managing budget. You know, one of the challenges I mentioned about events, uh, one of the challenges about the events landscape is Events aren't really canceling for the most part, right? Events are postponing. Yeah. And when an event postpones, that means your budget's still tied up in that event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not an easy move if I'm, I'm moving it from this event in Boston, for example, and I'm putting this into uh, Google PPC, 
doesn't work that way. Um, you got to find out new ways. You got to really tighten your, your belt. Or as we finally started to do and go back to those events and say, you know what? I know you postponed, but I'm not coming and I want my money back. Yeah. Right. So that was the first pass. Put a lot of people on kind of performance based uh, uh, payments for, you know, creatives that were maybe doing design work or content work versus a monthly retainer. So that was a quick thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then started looking at vendors who could help us from a website perspective, converting as much of that traffic as possible that was starting to come in through inbound, right? So once again, you start looking at things like, you know, Terminus was a big one for us, leaning further into display advertising so we could drive people in and uh, retarget folks to pull them back. Because once they're there, let's get them back and let's get them converted if they hadn't. Drift was a big one for us for conversion there on the website, right? And making sure we could actually get people talking and engaging. So seeing a lot of good traffic there. And then our Google PPC campaign, PPC was not something we traditionally used very much. Because our, our customer base doesn't do a lot of searching online generally. They prefer mm. face-to-face conversations and kind of calling their buddy up and saying, hey, what's working for you and getting some, some references that way. Um, or events. They love, love, love chatting at events to find new vendors. Uh, so it wasn't one we used before, but people were starting to search for solutions to their problems. Yeah. And therefore, we were able to lean into lean into PPC. We did a small test, realized it was working, and, and went from there. So, right. You got to tell what, what you got over there. No, I want to bring, 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 bring back. All right, you got to name it. I saw, I saw it before. Yes. So. This is Kalachi. He's uh, 13 weeks old today and is very into playing at the moment because he just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just woke up. You got to give them love, man. It's the same thing with kids. Like, like that's why I brought that up before. It's like, all right, when they wake up, you need to give them like, like literally a good twenty minutes of like time, you know, exactly. For like things, and then they don't need you for one of the two hours. And then, yeah, yep. he'll be he'll be back to bed in about thirty minutes, and I can actually get some things done. <laughs> <laughs> you get that? Now that's cool, man. And this is real life. And I, I feel like this is what's, what's fun. Now I know more about you than I did before. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize a couple of high-level things. And again, just so everybody knows, uh, we are doing a LinkedIn Live Monday, Monday and Wednesdays at 9 o'clock. And so next, uh, next Wednesday, we're going to have Mark Seuss, who is the CEO of Proof Analytics, about uh, just performance marketing. Like, what does that mean and how? what metrics, what are the net new metrics people are measuring in marketing? So we're going to do that. Uh, but today at 2.15, we're going to have Daniel Pink. Um, we try to do this one-off with somebody who is in just the space and just have interesting thoughts around it. So um, Daniel Pink will be at 2.15. So tune in for that. But two big ideas for you, uh, for everybody. Number one, I love this, this point that you, you made uh, around the fact of agile and going from two weeks to one week. And I feel like that just means that we all need to be agile in terms of how our organization needs us to act. Yeah. They want to be fast. They want us to be nimble. You're not going to have a job tomorrow if you're not that. Like it's 100%. just percent. Yeah, right? Like let's just let's just get up. You're not going to have a job if you're not reacting. And more importantly, you're not going to have a job if you're not proactive do that and make sure that you are ahead of some of these things. Don't wait for somebody to give you permission. You have the permission to do crazy things and, then, and try some new things. The second thing you mentioned, which I don't know if you'll ever go back to two weeks again, uh, but what it has created for you and your organization is clarity and for your team, clarity of where you're going, what's going to get delivered, how things are going to move in. 
And honestly, right now, everybody just needs that. Like they yep. just need to know they're okay for you not to be perfect. They're okay for you not to do certain things, but not knowing what's going to happen is kind of freaking people out. It's freaking your team out. It's freaking your organization out. It's yep. freaking your customers out. Um, so, so having those conversations and just being clear, this is what we're going to do. And this is what we're not going to do is a thousand times better than just saying, well, we're going to look into it. Don't say that. It's not don't do that. that right now. People have enough understanding yeah. in their lives. They don't need it from you. <laughs> for me, right? So, so they're getting all of that stuff. So, uh, and, and my personal reflection on on all of it, I, I shared this earlier this morning, was I used to believe in this idea of fake it until you make it uh, for mm-hmm. a long period of time. And I think like this is not the time to fake it until you make it. Rather, this is the time to embrace it. And when you embrace whatever is going on, you will make it because you're going to embrace the uncertainty embrace the challenges that you're having, embrace the team dynamics that you need to face and embrace your customers' challenges. Yeah. You embrace all of that. I think you and your organizations can make it. So I just had this, this aha moment. is like, this is not the time for, we're going to win. And we're gonna, no, no, no. Nope. It's like embrace and realize that, okay, we are, we, this, is, this is a crazy time and we all need to just embrace it and keep moving forward. 100%. Um, it's so a moment I'd love for you to share one challenge that you would give to everyone who's listening right now, watching this right now. What, you know, there are thousands of people who watch later on um, this, this LinkedIn Live series. What should they think about and do when it comes to just agile marketing or, or just a better marketing right now? Because organizations and team are counting on people like you and me. Sure. So I think a lot of marketers and um are scared about the idea of writing down and committing to what they're going to do and showing that to others. Right. And that is partially a byproduct of being creatives who don't like being told what to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And that is partially a byproduct of the fear of what if I don't get it done, do it, write it down, share it. Not only will that give you clarity, give your team clarity, especially if you set a time box around that and a deadline for when you're going to deliver that or get that thing done. But it also will help you hold yourself accountable to the things that you know you need. It's like, you know, it, it's like setting that, that, uh, that exercise routine and making sure you tell your friend that you're going to do this or you tell your spouse that you're going to do it because you know that if you don't tell someone, you're never going to do it because it's so easy yeah. to give up, right? Yeah. Today and the situations we're going through give everyone clarity of what's important and what you need to get done today right now. Be honest about that. Share that, publish that, and tell people what you're going to do. And uh, you know, to his point, do it now. Do it ahead of time. Do not be reactive. None of us can afford it. None of us can afford it, man. That's a great point, Mahmoud. On that, I'm going to let you sign off. And folks, see you later today at 2 o'clock with Daniel Pink. Thank you so much. Thanks, bud. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.